Hello, and welcome to episode 68 of the 21 Handshake Marketing Podcast. If you're new to listening, welcome. Our podcast covers social media news and digital marketing trends for anyone who's involved in business. So whether you are in the B2B or B2C, whether you're on the marketing or the sales team, we go over tips, trends, and leave you with actionable items to apply or think about. First off, I'm Sarah, account manager here at 21 Handshake. I'm Ashley, also an account manager. My name is Alex. I'm in charge of visual content. Today, we're also joined by Isaac Oswald, our agency owner. At heart, he's always an entrepreneur, and he has a fan of anything that has a system to it. Oh, and spreadsheets, too. <laughs> but we'll dive into that more in a minute. But first, let's dive into our digital marketing news segment, where we're going to keep it a little short today because... Our episode just has so much to unpack in it, um, but we did want to mention a few little things that called caught our eye. Ashley, first off, Instagram, it launched a new app for messaging with close friends called Threads. Do you see this working? Do you see people using it? Who's using it? <laughs> um, so Instagram has launched a new feature, or it's actually a separate app called Threads. Um, and if you look into it, truthfully it's very similar to snapchat um but it's a whole separate app so is it tied to your insta like can you get to it from instagram so it's a little personally i think it's a little wonky um threads is a separate app um that operates similar to snapchat you can direct message your friends through photos and videos um but you don't necessarily have to have the app in order to receive them, I think. I'm not quite sure if you can send them Hmm. through Instagram, but if someone from Threads is sending you a photo, it will also appear in your direct messages on Instagram. So uh, two places, I guess, that it appears, Uh, which is a little weird. Hmm. But um, I I do see why they did that, because they didn't want to like force you to download another app, I guess. But um, I could see them consolidating that in the future. Yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, they did start off, I think, with IGTV separate, and then they kind of brought that into the app, Mm -hmm. you know, just kind of a separate little button you pushed at the top, and then you could quickly go over to it. It would be nice. I don't think a lot of people like to be hopping in and out of like 50 million apps during the day. Agreed. Yeah. So we we might even play around with that ourselves so we know a little bit more how that works um, and what to report on our thoughts about that. But they have launched this new Threads. Who knows? um, Maybe only work with with the kids, as we like to call them, the youngins who... um, might be interested in a new app because maybe they don't have a bunch of business apps on their phone. <laughs> so our next article brings us full circle to our conversation today, and it is about systems. And American Express recently came out with this article that caught my eye just because we have been hammering systems in our office here with our new digital marketing solution, which is a nine-step system. So the article in American Express was just talking about, are you investing in your system? Um, I think that we've all kind of heard the little rumor out there that times are good right now, but a downturn could be happening any moment. And I hate to kind of you know think too much about that, but that does seem to be kind of the life cycle of how things work. But um, the article went on just to talk about, hey, when things are good, things are great. And you often push your systems to the background because things are great. But 
what happens when things start to take a little bit of a downturn and you're in a little bit of a slump. So a system will actually put you in a better position to still turn a profit despite maybe things being a little bit slower. So why is that? Because it allows everyone from like sales to marketing to customer service to deliver better results because everyone is on the same page, so to speak. Huge part of our digital marketing solution um, is bringing everybody on the same page. So a system brings unity to your brand. It clears it up so no leads slip through the cracks, um, which is very important. I think whether your business is doing great or maybe you are going through a slow time, a system kind of brings it just full circle so everybody is paying attention to you know, the leads to Mm -hmm. selling to your messaging. Yeah, Yeah, it just gives you a system to track data, follow up with leads, automate emails, automate your scheduling. It provides clarity, unity and a time saver is what it does when it all comes down to it. So we're going to link that article in the show notes. It had some fun little tips in there and such. But if you need any tips, you need to listen to the rest of this episode because we are talking about your digital salesperson and creating a system for that sixth man on your team. So they are always out there working for you. So no matter whether your business is flying high or going through a little bit of a slower time, this digital salesperson He's always out there working because he's online 24-7. So let's dive in. Isaac, our agency owner, is also joining us today as we love this digital marketing solution. It has nine steps, and we're so excited to talk about it today. Isaac, welcome back to the podcast. First, give us some brief background on the why the need for the new digital marketing solution that our team has um, put some sweat and tears into creating. What did you notice in the marketplace that was missing and at how this could fulfill that need? Well, thank you for uh, having me back here. And uh, yes, it was was basically the summation of watching not only our company and how we work with, you know, so many businesses and the things that we've done very well for them, but also just overall, uh, you know, marketing as it relates to helping businesses grow um, throughout the entire mar- uh, marketplace, and just feedback from people that we've worked with or people that we know, and um, the difference and opinion on what really marketing is and how it can help people can vary a lot, um, uh, especially in B two B, depending on um, your experience with it. So. Well, you know what I thought, and then what we all addressed too is we just lacked a true process on uh, on when to do certain things because it's very confusing for a lot of people. Like, okay, well, should I do this now, or is this going to work for my business, or should I, when do I when do I do social media? Should I use Pinterest? I mean, all that stuff. And so, what we did is just take a look at this and say, hey, how do we make this as not only to like doing you know, doing the right things, but in what order in which do we do the right things and can follow a process that actually works for some of the best businesses um, who market very well in B2B. Yeah. And I think you just nailed it right there by saying, you know, it wasn't kind of that piecemeal. It was, we noticed that when there was a cohesive approach to um, doing your marketing online, that it really had an impact when it was this proven process. And 
um, you know, as we go through this and talk about it, I think, you know, some people are like, oh, well, that step isn't revolutionary. And no, it's not. None of this is probably revolutionary, but the process of doing it in these nine steps to create something cohesive in a system that a business, a brand can go back to and be like, okay, we checked off this and we did this process and now we move on to this and now we've nailed this and nailed that really good and now we know our messaging and can move forward. And it's that just cohesiveness that really, I think, um, brings it home and makes this what it is. Yeah, it's, you know, to be honest with you, that's exactly what it is. But and then uh, depending on what client, you know, for our business, as you know, we have clients that are like, hey, 21 handshake. uh, We love you guys just handle everything. And we still want to educate that client, even though we're handling everything. I'm like, okay, here's the process. And here's some of the things that we're doing. And here's why we're asking for different things here. And because what happens with an organization, even when we're doing it all is you know, everybody has an idea of what could help in marketing. And it's very easy to get distracted based on a process or a system that you're following. And as someone has an idea, well, why don't we try this? Well, I understand that you might want to try that and that's very cool, but where does it fit in the process to make sure you're generating new opportunities on a consistent basis? And so most businesses we found have lacked a framework on like the start to finish plus what they should continue repeating within their marketing strategy um, that can actually help sales. And that's that's really the, uh, the basis for what we've created here. Yeah, definitely. And we talked about this in the intro. This system is basically going to be your sixth salesperson, if you're thinking of that basketball analogy here. It's your online digital marketing person. And just like a salesperson needs to maybe have a cohesive sales strategy, this is a cohesive sales strategy for your digital marketing. So this signature solution is nine steps. And so let's dive into those nine steps because I bet people are dying to know. (laughs) And we will post... um, this in the show notes as well, as well as the framework. So everyone um, can visualize that a little bit better. But let's start at the foundation of the system. And like anything in life, a foundation is always great to build first. So Isaac, why is the foundation important? And what are those steps? Well, that's, it's basically working with what you have already to get, or it's like getting organized, right? The foundation of what we put out here is getting organized and getting clear on where you're going and getting clear on how you want your company present, uh, uh, represent when someone does find you um, online, right? So uh, basically, before you start going on offense and generating a lot more activity lot more people seeing you and um, you know a lot of the marketing strategies that are very popular today um, which we'll go through it's the, they don't work near as well unless you have a really true clear and consistent foundation and that's why it's the first three steps of our nine steps right yeah so to dive in those a little bit more and explain a little bit more about the foundation Um, we start off with a market snapshot and explain a little bit about what that entails and why that's important. And Alex and Ashley, feel free to chime in here. 
Yeah, it's uh, basically starting with the end in mind, right? So when uh, there is a lot of organizations that are like, okay, well, what should we do for marketing? And at the end of the day, you are trying to build a relationship and create an opportunity with a, with a select group of people. And when we do this for business-to-business companies, this actually gets easier because you can truly find out who the head buyer is or you know, who's the general manager of XYZ companies. And the, that finding out who those people are, what does the market look like? What, is, uh, what are people searching for? Um, what are the platforms that these people are using? Really taking a deep dive on the footprint of the people that you're going after helps you create the next eight steps uh, because you actually know who you are building this entire marketing strategy for. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I think a lot of brands are probably familiar with that target audience that they're after. And they kind of might know what that is. But really, in this step, we really hone in on that as well as how big is your market? Who are you trying to reach? Who out there haven't you reached that we need to reach? It's really finding out all of those items and really bringing clarity to those to kind of, you know, just get like, like we said, like this Mm -hmm. step is called get that market snapshot. (laughs) And I'm glad you brought that up, Sarah, the whole defining your target audience, because it's true. A lot of companies think they understand what their audience is, or maybe that they think they have multiple. Um, And we've talked about this a lot on the podcast about how to define your target audience. Is your target audience who you're actually talking to? Um, So we'll uh, link those few episodes below. But that is, I think, like a big piece to the market Mm -hmm. snapshot is really defining, um, like Isaac said, the goal and then who the audience is and how we're going to do it. Um, So it's an important foundational step. Yeah, definitely important to build that foundation. And Alex, definitely chime in here on that next part of the foundation. So you have your market snapshot and that's you know that's internal and external your team's figuring it out you're you're kind of figuring out the scope outside of your team of your marketplace and then you have your brand story the next step which is again kind of an internal external but i almost feel like it's a little more internal as well can you explain a little bit about what brand story means and why it should be part of the foundation for a business also before he starts i love the way that he um like defines brand story you have it nailed to a T. so listen up is what she's saying (laughs) well brand story i think for some people who might not be as familiar with marketing it might sound like a very frou-frou term it's Mm -hmm. kind of like uh, what we want to do with brand story is essentially very concisely and cohesively explain who you are what you do and why you do it it sounds simple but most companies don't have that uh, laid out at all. They don't have a very cohesive, they don't have cohesive storytelling throughout their company. Mm-hmm. If you ask 20 different employees in the business what the company does, you probably get 20 different, slightly different answers. Um, and that that doesn't help build a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, if somebody is potentially interacting with your business, you would want every single person to be saying the same thing. When you're when you're all saying the same thing, that builds trust. That build like the consistency is there. People understand that you're all on the same page, mm-hmm. um, and that's only going to help you um, kind of 
convince that, not convince that person, but sort of pull that person into your brand, have them be more enthusiastic about it. They feel more connected to it. That, and I would say it positions your company as a bit more like authoritative. You know, it just makes Absolutely. that brand really strong. Like they know what they're talking about. They feel confident in what they do. Um, all of that comes from that defined story. And so in this step, we're not, we're, we're talking about the story itself, but then we're also, we want to figure out how to then obviously deploy that. So what this step results in a lot of times for us is doing a brain story video. And we kind of consider that like the one key, sort of the keystone content piece, um, that every, piece of content that you put out after that should sort of support. Mm -hmm. So whatever you're saying in your brand story video, all of the thing, every, like the blog posts, the social media posts, whatever it is, should all be supporting the story that you're telling in that brand story. Mm -hmm. Again, going back to the consistency um, of your story. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of brands, especially sometimes in the B2B space, they might get hooked into that. We can be everything to anybody that comes to us because right. we just want a business. We mm -hmm. just want to make a sale or whatnot. But in reality, that maybe isn't the smartest move because then you do get a little bit disjointed. And I think figuring out that brand story, figuring out that market snapshot just helps align all of that a little bit better of who you are and just helps you get better at sales and it's gonna be more profitable in the end. And one last thing that we talk about internally a lot when we're trying to develop these brand stories is that, and, and especially when we're talking to and kind of doing these brand story discoveries with our clients is, it's really easy for businesses to say that, you know, we're the best or we have the highest quality or the best customer service, the best products, whatever that may be. Anyone can say that today. And so what we, really try and focus on is show me, don't tell me. So if you say that you have great service, give me examples of why that is. Maybe give me a testimonial or, or a customer experience that really emphasizes that. Um, that will help your potential customer resonate a lot more with that than you just saying it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally, totally love that and totally agree with it. There's, and people, they don't want to hear that anymore, I think, anymore. Like, oh, we're the it, best. They oh, tuned yeah, it out. Yeah, they've tuned mm -hmm. that out, like you said, Ashley. So next in the foundation, we'll go over that real quick and then we can jump on to the next um, layer, the next three steps, um, the web hub. So anyone want to chime in on why the web hub is important? important piece. yeah yeah so obviously in digital marketing your website is going to be your home base and I think what we found especially with our client base is that generally their website hasn't been updated in years nor do they know how to manage it um, so this is a, a really important foundational step um, is bringing your website up to date um, that helps with like, all over the board, right? SEO, content, um, like pure education. Well, right, and your customers are just gonna get more value out of it as well if yeah. they can go and find information they need mm -hmm. on your website because yeah. who wants to pick up a phone call these days, or, you know, call these days? Not, not that many people. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And the reason that we do this immediately after the brand story step is now, now that you've gone through that process, you have all of the fresh content and the copy that you may need to, to, to yeah. redevelop that messaging or whatever it may be. Um, another thing is that just keeping up to date with websites from like a technical standpoint, a lot of websites that we have worked with in the past, for example, aren't mobile friendly. Yeah. So these are the types of little details that are taken into consideration here um, to make it sort of future proof. 
Exactly. Yeah. So again, just an important part of that foundation. And so market snapshot, brand story, web hub, those would be the first three parts to building your digital marketing foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, let's jump into to the next part of it. Um, the frame, Isaac, can you tell us a little bit, kind of give us a overview of what the frame entails. So you've built the foundation and now you're building the frame and we are kind of using a house analogy here <laughs> as we do have a, a lot of lumber and building material clients, but I think people, no matter what business you're in, understand um, how a house is built at least um, a little bit. So, <laughs> Yes, it's good to make that analogy. That's why we picked that. Yeah, just to review the foundation, you know, is basically who do you want to be meaningful to? Um, how are you meaningful to them in the brand story? And then the web hub is basically your coming out party with your new messaging and new content derived from the, the combination of those two things. Uh, and that is the web hub. Now, now we start setting you up to go on offense a little bit more. So the website's good, right? That's the, that's your online real estate. And as Alex has said, and the group has said many times, it's your, it's your uh, first impression, right? Your digital first impression. The next step, we, we need to get the channels set up uh, in which people will be coming and visiting the website and experiencing the brand story that is clear, clearly defined on the website. And we, uh, with some of the strategies that we do and just overall just the overall uh, data will tell you a lot of that will come from a social media platform. So in the social hub, we want to make sure the social media accounts that are meaningful to your business that you're going to be operating on are going to reflect the brand consistently. And number two, reflect your brand with the proper cadence um, that makes sense for that particular platform. Right. And I'll let the group dive into this a little bit more, but think about this. Think about the social hub in step four, mm-hmm. which is the first part of the frame, is really starting to spread out beyond your own your own real estate. And I would say too, this whole frame series of, of the nine steps, I would say are more like communication um, tactics. So, you know, we build the foundation to define our story and and utilize um, platforms like your website. But then these next three steps are really communicating to those audiences that we've defined. Yeah, it's kind of like you bought the house. Now it's time to get to know the neighbors. <laughs> yes. You know, so get to know the neighborhood. Um, you know, you present your house a certain way in life, maybe. And so, again, this is now you are reaching out and saying, hey, this is us, this is who we are, and on social media, you want to build in that consistency that you built in the foundation, but you also want to show a little bit more about who you are as well, because that's where people are spending their time. I mean, how many of us just around the table, you encounter a business and you immediately look at the footer of their website and click over to their social media to see to see really <laughs> who they are. Yeah, no, definitely. <laughs> To give it one more analogy, what we've been saying recently is that it's your website is sort of the field of dream or the yeah the field of dreams, but in this online world, it's not a case of um, build it and people will come. Yes. And so your website is your field of dreams, and then what we're doing with the social platforms is those are the roads to get people to mm-hmm. your field of dreams, mm-hmm. um, and we want to make sure that those platforms are representative of the same experience that they'll get on the website as well. Exactly. Because that's going to build up just more brand consistency, more familiarity with who you are. Yeah. 
So su- surprise, surprise, step four is social hub. Um, <laughs> and in this step, what we'll do is go through each of your social media accounts. And if you don't have them set up, we will set them up. Um, make sure they're very reflective of your brand. They have your brand standards. They have that consistent messaging in the appropriate places you know, you're know you about. Um, make sure that your um, brand story video is one of the primary pieces of content. Um, really going through and cleaning up again consistency here I think is key so um, knowing that like the branding looks the same on Facebook from LinkedIn um, just helps strengthen um, I guess like the perception of your of your company right Um, and then so you build the social hub but then you got to fill the social hub up and that would be our next step Step five would be content generation. So Isaac, why don't you explain a little bit about what we mean about content generation? Well, in our process, we've separated a few things out just for our experience with our clients and and the people that we've worked with in the past is just, you know, they've come to us and say, gosh, I just don't think we're very good on social media or we never know what to post on social media. I mean, I mean, group, how, how many times have we heard that, right? We've heard that hundreds of times and I did, we, we truly believe it's never a lack of, or it's like someone's just not good at social media. It usually, usually comes down to a lack of content on, they don't know what to post. They don't, you know, and so in the content generation stamp, uh, step, and that is parceling that to understand that the best businesses that do this are creating content on a very consistent basis that um, feeds into what the brand story was talking about. They're making, images they are creating um, small videos used on social media they are creating you know different pieces of text they could be creating email newsletter copy when once they start going on offense uh, content generation is such a key component in being uh, continuously successful online um, that we had to carve its own step out yeah that that's so true and I totally believe in content generation as I've seen it work over and over and over again with clients and so whether you're content generation on your website, adding more blogs, and then reflecting that over to social, or even just putting new videos, images like you set up on social, all of that matters. And I think a lot of brands just get stuck in that process. They have the desire to want to do that. But again, you said, like you said, they don't know where to start. They don't have the content or maybe it's just not in their interest of a, you know, of their wheelhouse of interest. They just don't have anybody that's that interested in doing it, but they feel like they, they should. And then, you know, it just gets left on the back burner because no one really has the interest to do it. Well, you know, there's a lot of people in this world that do have the interest of doing it. So you need to go out and find those people that love to create that content and then have them do that. Yeah, and a part of this group, just as, as again, the experience in our, you know, all of our B2B clients, we typically get credit for like the activity that the, the cool stuff that we make that is engaging. And then they, uh, they'll say, hey, they do a great job managing our website and our web presence. And, uh, but, but in order to do that is creating content and deploying it across the markets to get them back to the, get them back to the website so we can prove those numbers that are you know, growing at a really nice rate and you know, attracting more leads, obviously. And so the content generation piece is something that can be time consuming. It's something that um, is certainly uh, you know, a challenge on what to post, but that's why you go through step one and two within the market snapshot and the brand story 
and all those little micro, um, all those little micro things that you want introduced, um, whether it's new products, whether it's just talking more about your brand, all those things that you want introduced to that demographic that maybe you couldn't fit in the brand story. That's where content generation on a consistent basis comes in. I just want to say one last thing too. I think, um, and to, to toot your guys's horns a little bit, Ashley and Sarah, <laughs> what the, I think for a lot of people, they, they get, okay, I got to make blogs or Instagram posts or videos or whatever. Like, if they wanted to, they could probably figure out with their resources how to do that. I think what the most difficult part about this step is, is to have the strategy of like what you're actually going to talk about and mm-hmm. how you're going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think, where your guys' knowledge is, is, is most useful in this is like, is you guys have so much experience with our clients, obviously understanding like how, what, what sort of things to talk about or asking those questions of our clients, like, and drawing out those topics from them, whether it's frequently asked questions, you know, new products or services or upcoming things that they want to launch. Mm -hmm. Um, and then kind of developing sort of a calendar or a strategy how, of how to talk about that, how to talk about it differently on different platforms because it's contextual across all different platforms. Um, so I think, I just wanted to emphasize as well, yeah. like the strategy behind this step as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Alex. <laughs> we really do enjoy that. So, okay. So we have our social accounts cleaned up. We have some content going on, but in today's world, sometimes it can be a little bit of an uphill battle to get that content seen, even though you're doing all the right things. It just comes down to SEO and it comes down to um, social media algorithms. So what we do next is, and I'll kind of lay this out and then we can all dive in it. We total market exposure. And what that means is, yes, we go from passive to proactive in running social and search ads. That's just the necessity of the world that we live in. I would love to say you can be organic all you want. And that's a very important part of the strategy because that's a priceless part of the strategy. But you got to give yourself a little boost too. (laughs) Right. Because the... To, to rank organically for things takes a very long time. Mm-hmm. And it's a game that can pl- uh, pay off yeah, for you in oh, the long yes, run. Very much so. You just really need to understand that it is a very long-term game. Um, we're also getting to live in a world where it's a little bit more pay-to-play, mm-hmm. organic. Obviously, there is so much competition out there that it will take you a long time to get there. So the way to kind of speed up getting in front of people and getting in front of the people that are relevant to your business um, is to do these social and search ads. Yeah. And it, you know, you put you put money behind it, but you can target people um, and, and put your content in front of the very specific people that can impact or make a difference in your business. And I think this step is a really good reminder of why the process is so valuable Mm -hmm. because for this step to work, um, we're reflecting back on step one. Who is our target audience? Where are they located? What are some maybe like defining characteristics of them? And all of those like data points help um, get your ads in front of the right people, making sure that when you are spending money on advertising your business, that it's paying off um, and you're not you know, just speaking to a blind audience. Right, and then that those ads are on brand as yep. well. <laughs> Again, reflecting back to step two. So like you said, this is all just kind of flows one after the other and that's why this works when you 
do it in this order. Um, we can't preach that enough around here. So that's our frame, social hub, content generation, total market exposure. And um, I know this podcast is maybe a little bit longer than some of our others, but we really just feel this is so important to talk about this and talk about this process and why our team believes so strongly in it. So we built the foundation, we have the frame going up, uh, now we need a door. So <laughs> what's, what are the front door steps, Isaac? Yes, yeah, uh, so going into the front door, I would say step seven that we've named digital dialogue is quite possibly the simplest but most overlooked step of anything in marketing within the last five or 10 years, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, so much of traditional marketing mindset is push. Um, you know, pushing content out, pushing, you know, re trying to hit people, reaching content out. So, you know, obviously engaging the people that you're targeted in the step one. Um, in step seven, we are, we are going from absent to engaged and we are challenging our clients and doing it on behalf of others to spend time every day or as much as they possibly can striking up digital conversations, you know, go ahead and commenting on pick pick a hundred contractors that you're looking at trying to engage that you figured out in step one and make sure you drop a nice comment to five of them per day or something like five different ones per day on a recent project that they did stuff like that. And really starting dialogue online and not just waiting for the phone call or, or waiting for, you know, them to raise their hand and fill out a lead mm -hmm. form, but go ahead and start talking and liking and interacting with them because from step one, you already know who they are. So um, that's, we, in the front door phase, we are starting to get a little bit more aggressive on uh, talking, really truly talking digitally to people and then figuring out how to uh, do, uh, figure out how to do that better uh, as we move forward. And then I'll wait, uh, wait to get into a long-term part of search dominance. But, uh, but yeah, di digital dialogue is that simple thing that everyone can do that has a phone. It's just very few businesses do it. Yeah, it's not only the, you know, commenting and the um, engaging on and seeking out kind of those conversations. But I think this step can also very much tie back to content generation. So to use an example of a recent um, client project that we did was we um, went out to the location and we filmed um so the bigger brand wanted to make use of, of these fireplaces um, that they sold at this distributor location. So we went to the distributor, or not to the distributors, to the location, to the retail seller, mm -hmm. and we highlighted the product in the showroom, had some great conversations, not only with the staff there who talked about why they loved selling that product, but also some customers who came in and also talked highly of the product. So then we went and we put that into total market exposure. And now that is bringing up some great conversations of people commenting and saying, oh my gosh, I love the owners there. They installed this in my house. We love it. Great people. And this is just kind of generating more and more kind of engagement out there in the digital world. Now it's kind of gaining exposure, you know, that, um, not only now the manufacturer is noticing this, but then, you know, the distributor can notice this mm -hmm. and the retail location, as well as just more consumers as well in their target area. So this just, again, kind of shows this flow of how this works. Yeah. And I, 
go ahead. <laughs> no, no, this is fascinating. You basically, what, what, we were basically able to, by following the system and, and then, you know, really listening with the digital dialogue part or the dialogue part that you've had there, um, it sounds like you were able to generate, you know, much, uh, a level of social proof that we weren't even expecting with this market campaign, right? You actually oh, created great content that was so meaningful that people we've never met before started reaching out and saying positive things about that business. Um, and uh, that, you know, I couldn't, that's what happens when you do this correctly, but that what, what an amazing thing to actually have word of mouth happen out tangibly online for a yeah. business. Cause that's super strong. Well, yeah. And everybody, is, you know, notices that that's coming in to interaction with that ad now. So if you've never even heard of this retailer, suddenly you see a nice positive comment on an ad and you're like, oh, wait, maybe I should take notice of what this mm-hmm. is. You know, this this looks interesting because this is some positivity that's happening in our world that, you know, on social can sometimes not be positive. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we have our digital dialogue going on and now we move into tracking and refining that. Can you explain a little bit more about what that means? Yeah, so this is where, uh, this is where, art, the art of marketing meets the math part, right? Uh, this has been said by several people before, but there, I think any successful business finds finds themselves with a great ability to balance the art form of what it requires to be successful and then also make sure it works in the math side. So tracking and refining is understanding all the creative content and all the effort that's happened thus far and really reviewing what's working and what's not working and what can improve on um, based on the analytics that internet marketing um, allows you to get your hands on. This is a, this is an area we play um, pretty heavily in uh, because we have, we have uh, a lot within an organization. We have marketing and salespeople really excited about the creative things that we do. And then we have owners and controllers that really want to see the math part. And this is where we, those two desires there. And what tracking and refining do is really taking a look at the analytics and everything that we're doing, because as we said earlier, your business is going to continually generate content on a consistent basis. So step eight in track and refine really helps us, you know, make tweaks to the entire process we need to, or continue to make, make similar things in in step five. But this is really where we learn and continue to improve. And internet marketing and marketing in general and sales in general is always a continuous improvement game. Well, right. Just like a sales guy realizes that his maybe one sales spiel is the one that people really respond to. So that's the one that he's going to use. Well, that's the same way you want to look at your data. Mm -hmm. You realize that a piece of content people are responding crazy to and you're like, what? Like, I didn't even think that was a great piece of content, but it's getting tons of traction that's the one that you're going to want to focus on. So now you're looking outside of like, okay, like what do I want to do? And you know, blah, blah, blah. You're hearing all all the team members chime in, but you actually are seeing, well, this is what is working in the marketplace. Or even you dive so deep into your analytics, you see that, oh, you know what? Most of my visitors are coming from Facebook. And I've been focused on Instagram, yeah. but most of them are coming from Facebook. And mm-hmm. so then you can 
put a little more effort into the channel that's working for you. Yeah. It's just really sitting up and noticing those data points and what's working for you online so you can go and target that better. I this, think, and ahead. I get really passionate about that. <laughs> it's was, my kind of like, this is how we should do it. <laughs> I was just going to say, this is actually probably one of my favorite steps because yeah. mm-hmm. um I feel like people can perceive marketing as like, oh, it's just like frou-frou stuff and how do I know it's working? And, you know, with social media, we've talked a lot about this on the podcast as well as, you know, sometimes it can be hard to track um, ROI, but um, we definitely have found solutions. There are ways to do it. And I love that this step identifies, um, you know, what's working, but just like, adds so much value to your marketing strategy Mm. moving forward you feel more confident because you know that something is working more than the other you feel more um like prepared and like educated so like you said like if you go into your google analytics and realize that your top landing page is a blog article about like for us um, our top landing page is a blog article about industry bounce rates for your website like we would not have known that otherwise. And that tells us that maybe that's a topic we need to elaborate on or that because people are searching this so much, you know, bounce rates are something, um, you know, that we can we can pick up on. Um, so I think this is a super important step. There's a lot of value there um, and one that helps just further like strengthen your marketing strategy the more and more that you do it. Exactly. It's yeah, we love we love this step and um, it's definitely a huge part of the digital marketing mm-hmm. um, solution here. So to go to our ninth step. And I, d- I don't like to call this our final step because you're always constantly refining um, anything in life, anything in business. You're always um, constantly looking at, but search dominance. Can you explain a little bit about that, Isaac? Yeah, so as you guys were alluding to earlier, um, if we did this 10 years ago and we created a bunch of content, built a website, had a nice story, if we did all this stuff 10 years ago, it was much easier to rank for the keyword terms where people are searching in Google, um, Bing or Yahoo or whatever with, uh, you know, those are people that are, that have specific intent looking for things. It was much easier to rank higher um, or on that first page where 91% of the clicks happen. It was much easier to do that 10 years ago than now. It doesn't mean it's impossible by any stretch of the imagination, but this is a long-term play that you want to make sure you're consistently going after. So when you take a look at the market snapshot and brand story and everything that we've done to this point, not only are we generating content that helps us rank for search engines, we're also understanding what keywords are meaningful to our business um, that we're working with and what people are searching and how, what are some of the frequently asked questions? Maybe they're not searching, you know, uh, distributor business or lumber business or window supply store. Maybe they're, Maybe they're trying to determine the difference between a vinyl window and a wood window in the state of Wisconsin. So that's a long tail keyword that we would have found out in the digital dialogue when we did our total market exposure. And then we took a look at it and we, we were with our, with our uh, tracking and our testing and refining that we knew that people were asking these kind of questions so we could go after and try to rank for these in search engines. Long-term, the more you rank for in a search engine, the less pressure you have on yourself to spend ads on the platforms such as Facebook, LinkedIn, 
uh, Instagram, so on and so forth. So we the search dominance is the long-term play where everything you do should consistently add up to help you rank for the keywords meaningful to your business and where you want that traffic from. And the clients that we've had since day one and the, the, our longest tenure clients, most of their traffic comes from search engines now based on the amount of work we've done over years for them to get themselves in a very solid uh, ranking uh, structure within those meaningful keywords. Yeah, totally agree. Love the search dominance. It um, is, like you said, people are going into search engines, they're searching with intent. And when you are dominating that search and meeting that user's intent... Well, that's just great for everybody yeah. and for your business, most of all. If you're the business that's the one that's constantly popping up, answering people's questions or explaining things to them, educating them, entertaining them, you're going to be the natural choice for them when they are ready to actually make a decision. Right. And you can think, oh, well, we have the most kind of niche business in the world. But you know what? You're fulfilling a need. You obviously have customers. At some point, somebody's going to go online and be searching your niche products or services, and they're going to be typing in some type of combination of what you offer. And are you going to be there or are you not? For case in point, I, we have an HVAC client and very niche keyword. I can't even remember what it was. And I discovered they're ranking for the answer box in Google. I'm like, Which they is, are dominating search for that And keyword. it's like the holy grail, right? Of yes. SEO. I was so excited. <laughs> so it does pay off and it is so worthwhile. And all the nine steps, like Isaac said, all lead up to the search dominance. Which is fascinating too, because a lot of our um, current clients or prospective clients come to us looking for SEO services, um, but don't really understand like what goes into that or or how to leverage SEO. And the fact that this is step number nine just shows like how many different pieces and touch points like affect your SEO. Um, So if that is your goal, you wanna rank on Google, you should start at step one. There's a, exactly. there's a lot of groundwork we need to lay. Exactly. Got to lay that groundwork. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No, to, to piggyback on what, on what you guys are saying there, it's just that, you know, keep in mind, if you can rank for the answer section of Google or if you rank high in search engines, really really all that is from a, from a human standpoint is Google blessing you saying you're the most trusted. And oh, yeah. that's... We and you know we understand that in society it's a little newer to people when it's happening online, but that's basically what it's saying. And the fact that two thirds of all searches are happening through Google, and when you go to a search engine, you are searching for something. When you go to Facebook, you are you are kind of more socially hanging out. When you're in LinkedIn, your mindset's a little bit more work related. So um, they all fit together. And I guess the last thing I'll say when it comes to the system doing this process and whenever. Uh, whenever someone's really looking to generate uh, new opportunities is people, people when they're evaluating you are not just using, not just siloing and using one or two sources. They're using multiple, multiple sources across online and offline. Right. And your marketing strategy needs to do the same thing. There really aren't any silos anymore. You can't really be super good at search engine or being dominant in a search engine without being good at, at uh, social media, without being good, having a good website, all, all those other things that are uh, creating content. All those things lead up to it. There's re- it's really hard to parcel off anything now. Um, they all work together. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so true. And once again, we will be posting this in the show notes with a diagram of these nine steps. I was going to say, we have a fun, beautiful little graphic yeah, for you. Yeah, just so you can picture how these steps all do flow and work together. And we've given a lot of examples today, which I think are really valuable as well. And so we will also have those in the show notes as well. So you can kind of have those for a frame of reference as well if you are um, maybe like to read more than re-listen to something. (laughs) So we want to know, do you follow systems at your business? If not, why not? If so, what is the process? We would love to know. Obviously, we love systems and we hear love hearing about other people's systems. And if you're interested in this system, this nine-step digital marketing solution system and want to watch a little bit more on it. So we not only have now recorded something for you to listen to, we'll have something available for you to read. But if you are more of the, you like to watch videos, we also have this on a recorded on demand webinar that you can go see at bit.ly slash 21 handshake nine step. And in this little webinar is also some bonus content that you can go out and do right away, implement some small actionable steps, which we always feel is really important um, just to, to leave you with as well. So anyways, we will link all this in our show notes as well again. Did you like this episode? Yes, of course you did. Then please like, subscribe, leave a review and share it with a friend. It really does help get the word out about our show. Until next time.